Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Talking City podcast here by the Manchester Evening News and Manchester City are champions. To, to discuss this today, I'm joined by Tyrell Marshall. Good afternoon. And Stu Brennan. Hello there. So, Stu, I mean, we'll start with you. City are the champions, but it was almost in typical City fashion that they didn't, it wasn't free, it wasn't almost like they just went out from the start and got the job done. That There was that little moment at the start where, just to give that little bit of doubt in the people's mind, wasn't it? Yeah, all week we've been, you know, there's been players and, and people at City saying, you know, forget it, this is, you know, we, we've done all this. That was seven years ago that we uh, we nearly messed it up on the final day. I mean, Vincent Company was telling, telling me on on Friday, just two days before. Now we, we banished those ghosts. You know, it's we by, by winning the way we did five years ago when we went to the final day. I think we needed a point on the final day five years ago and and comfortably beat West Ham. It was never really in any doubt. He kind of said we've exercised those particular ghosts, and this, this team is a lot more, you know, a, a lot calmer. There's no chaos and confusion around around this game as there was in 2012. Um, and I believed him. And then, of course, Glenn Murray pops up at the near post <laughs> shortly after Liverpool had just gone one up at Anfield and you start thinking, it's typical City mm. still knocking around. Or, mm. uh, what what it's, were you thinking at that moment? Would you, was it, still, it was still too early for you, wasn't it? To it, be, it, to well, be it was too early, but when it happens, you do start to think, yeah, actually, uh, you know, with Liverpool having scored as well. And to be honest, City didn't really look like scoring until that point. They were having plenty of the ball, but they weren't. You know, they, 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 Raheem Sterling was playing centrally, and I didn't think that was. I thought he was lost. He wasn't really involved. Uh, Mares was playing. He wasn't really affecting the game. Uh, Aguero wasn't getting on the ball. Wasn't getting chances. Um, and you know, Brighton were defending well. And you start thinking about that. Brighton actually defended well against City in the cup semi-final. You know, they conceded early but then didn't do badly for the rest of the game. And City beat them 2-0, I think, in the league at the Etihad. And again, they weren't they weren't disgraced, you know, they defended pretty well. So you kind of think, if they get their noses in front like that, they're quite capable of defending a lead for, for the rest of this game. So, yeah, it does, it does, you know, you, I mean, you, you should, I suppose I should trust this team more, really, um, because they've been so good this season and they are so mentally strong, you know, they're capable of coming back from just about anything and they came up with a perfect response of course yeah it's 198 points from two seasons which is absolutely phenomenal bad, is it? you take them two points tally that Liverpool and City got I mean they're winning the league every pretty much every other season yeah. in history so I mean in that game Ty, Ty you were there the City obviously responded really quickly but mm. How, it was a really important moment, wasn't it? Because, I mean, it, it was almost like they had no time to think about it with that equaliser. And David Silva's role in that goal as well. Yeah, it was just wonderful. Wonderful phenomenal. flick. It, 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 was, it was an important moment because, <clears throat> like, like you asked before, you know, did you think at that moment it was going to be typical City? And it, it happened so quickly and the response was so quick that it didn't really give time for the thought process of they're going to mess this up to set in. Yeah. You didn't have enough time to actually think, oh God, here we go again. It was... Goal's gone in, and from our point of view, you're reporting that, typing that out, and from the player's point of view, it's get the ball back on, calm it down, and it all happened so quickly, and they were back level so quickly that you didn't have enough time to kind of think logically about it. You didn't have time to think and for, for the idea that, oh no, it's going to go wrong again to, to set in. And once they responded so quickly and equalised, I think at that point, even though it was basically cancelling out a goal in the situation, there were 
and they were back to the situation they were in two or three minutes ago because they'd responded so quickly I think at that point everyone thought actually this it's going to be alright here they, they turned it around so quickly that I probably think they were in a better position then than they were at nil-nil if you understand my thinking because they had responded so quickly they hadn't given the thought process of this is going to go wrong any time to, to set in so it was a, a huge moment had they spent any length of time behind in that game then it would have got perhaps a little bit more nervy when we were saying beforehand they had looked they had looked like they'd started to get a little nervy in the last few weeks of the season the breakthroughs have been coming later and later like Stu said they didn't start the game brilliantly um, I did think mm. they'd start to have a better spell just before the goal without creating much and had they gone 1-0 down and you know it stayed that way for 10 or so 15 minutes and towards half time you might have seen the nerves set in but because they responded so quickly I think that just convinced everyone especially the players that this is going to be fine yeah Stu any any sympathy for the, with Liverpool this season they've pushed City all the way they've, got, they've brought out the best of City again uh, this year. I wouldn't say sympathy but they have been brilliant you've got to hand it to them you know I think they've, they've been exceptional and uh, <laughs> And to finish the season with the third highest total in Premier League history and not win it, it must be gutting for them. Um, I I, you know, it's been a brilliant title race. I mean, last season was great from a City perspective and the, the fans loved it and running away with it. But uh, from from the perspective of everyone else, including us, the fact that they had such a strong fight, City, it just sort of added value to it. And I, I think it made it a much bigger... Last season was was a phenomenal achievement, getting 100 points and, and winning it with five games to go. But I, I just think that this achievement is even bigger because having that pressure and knowing you cannot slip up in any of the, the last 14 games. They had, I mean, I, I remember, I think it was Bernardo Silva I spoke to after the defeat at Newcastle and he said, we have to win the last 14. Mm. And I remember thinking... Well, that ain't going to happen, you know, not in this league. Uh, but then, then you think, well, they, they won 18 on the bounce last season, but that was, that was exceptional. Um, and he, he, But he was deadly serious. He said, we're going to have to win all 14, and they knew they were capable of doing it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Liverpool have, have been brilliant. I mean, not, not only the fact that they've pushed City all the way, but they've done it with a, a really good brand of football as well. They're really good to watch. I mean, I'm a big fan of Jurgen Klopp. Uh, I think his team's brilliant. I will, it's one of the few teams that I will watch, uh, you know, outside the job. So, um, you know, fair play to them. They've, they've, they've made English football better uh, by presenting that challenge to City. And, and they it's not City who've raised the bar this season, it's Liverpool who've raised the bar. Because mm. next season, other teams have got to do what... We know where City are now. City are right up there. Uh, but other teams have got to try and do now what Liverpool have done. Mm. And I mean, it was Pep, I think, before the game, he was saying how you think City could going to be even better next season. Mm. How do you think that, that would come about, uh, Ty? Do you think it'll come about through I mean, new signings or do you th- just think that group of players are going to get even better? He kind of made the point of both after the game on, on Sunday. He said that he, he feels this team is still getting better and better. He said when we, when we attack the box and we have 10 players in the box attacking the opposition then you know he, he still feels that is getting better and better. But we, we also said to him 198 points across two seasons. I mean, they've won 64 of the last 76 <laughs> league games across those two seasons, which is just, I mean, it's an astonishing consistency. And it was put to him that, you know, this is a team with 
no weaknesses, but he, he quickly found one and said that he was the tallest guy in the team and a nice line that when we defend set pieces, we go to the church to pray. And sure, sure enough, that, that was the sort of floor was exposed when Glenn Murray headed that corner in. So that's just one area that he sees an improvement in. And, and if Otamendi's quite, uh, quite good at attacking set pieces and, and attacking in the box but it looks like he's off and he's, he's kind of been jettisoned this season anyway um, company is probably the best City defender in terms of dealing with balls into the box and high balls and he's the most physical defender his future seems uncertain so it makes you think that he's starting to get doubts now both and both of you is it, it, it was nothing really changed, but you think now on company. I mean, there's still another, there's still the FA Cup final, obviously the goal. But do you think that's? I thought the way done? He left the pitch on when he was subbed on Sunday sets the mind wondering because he clearly waved at the City fans, mm. and that might just be him covering all bases. But it certainly, you could certainly look at that and infer a farewell from it, even though there is another game to go. I mean, I think. I think it'd be crazy for him to leave and Titi to let him leave, to be honest. But mm. yeah, it certainly looked like there could have been a farewell element in there when he, when he did it. I, I've been thinking about this a lot. and I, I think that if they were sure he was going to leave, they would put something out by now. Because, mm. um, it, you know, it, it, like Ty said, it, you didn't, my immediate thought was, oh, he's, he's saying his farewells there. But I, I think he, he was doing it just in case it was because he did it at the Etihad as well uh, the Leicester game he was he was close to tears then and he was waving yeah uh, so you kind of think it might I, I think I mean he's quite a genuine guy company and I, I spoke to him two days before the game uh, and we spoke to him not long before that and we, we've asked Pep the question as well and both of them have said we'll be sitting down after the cup final I think Pep said over a beer and we'll we'll thrash, you know we'll see what we what we can what we can come to. Because Guardiola's problem is he's thinking company's another year older. He's a massive influence in the dressing room. He's great to have around. Uh, how many games will he be able to play for me though? He'll be using up a place in my squad. Um, he's got Eric Garcia and Philippe Sandler coming through. They've got the option of uh, going into the transfer market in the summer. Could they come to some some kind of a, a agreement? Um, and I think that's genuinely where they're at. I don't, I don't think anything's cut and dried. I think they're going to sit down, discuss what's going to happen um, once the season's all over and done with. And, and company think in company's head, he's thinking this could well be the last time for me. And he's you know he's loved his time at City. I know that. Um, so he's, he's bound to get emotional. He's, what could be his last game at home? What could be his last title-winning moment? Um, so I think that I think that's what's made him emotional rather than thinking rather than sort of knowing that he's not going to be here next season it's thinking that he might be you know from what you can gather it seems that he wants to know that he's going to be involved as often as possible before deciding if he's going to stay but you'd think I mean again this season no matter how many centre-half Guardiola signs company always finds a way to force his way back into that team there's nobody like him is there there's nobody like yeah. him no and you look at it, when he's called on alright he has injury problems and there's going to be times where Pep has to say not today but he's called on for like it was so instructive that Minstry were there and he started out of the blue really against Southampton 
just before between Christmas and New Year and that was when City had lost those back-to-back games against Palace and Leicester and at that point you felt they were wobbling the back-to-back defeats were a huge surprise and it felt like that was their that was their season on the line really in terms of the title race and from nowhere company comes in and that's because of his leadership and his character and Pep knows he's the player you call on there he also plays when you're coming up against the more traditional English centre forwards shall we say starting against Watford against Troy Deeney against Burnley with Ashley Barnes it's get company on to, to deal with them and they'll get no change out of him and then his longest stretch in the team has been the running when again Guardiola needs characters and winners and leaders in that team and he's got company and I'd bet company was the first name on the team sheet on the last mm. day of the season so you know you'd think those skills are that, that's a lot to replace never mind the footballer you just can't picture him in another team shirt can you I mean no. he's obviously not going to be short of offers but you just can't see him playing for anyone else after the City mm, you can't and I just think it'd be mm. yeah, well I mean it seems it's a job for life for him there at City Guardiola yeah. said previously he wants him to stay on in in some capacity so I you know, you'd like to envisage a scenario where he finishes his playing days at City and moves straight into a, a role there at whatever he wants to do and he could turn his hand to anything, whether it's coaching, whether it's, you know, politics office work, yeah, sporting director, <laughs> this kind of thing. He, he could do any of it, really. Mm. He could. I mean, that, that's that's the thing. We, we don't know what, what Vinny wants to do. I suspect he would stay for another year if the, uh, if the terms are out. And I'm not talking about the financial terms, I'm talking about the... You know, if he thought he was going to play and be able to contribute, I think that's that's the reasoning. But he, you know, he's, he's taken a business course while he's been in Manchester, so he's, he's fully qualified there. He's got uh, interesting property companies. He's involved in in uh, this homeless charity, which are doing brilliant work. Um, he's interested in politics. He's interested in finance. He, he literally could do just about anything. He could go into politics. He could go into business. He could stay in sport. He could go into coaching. He could TV pundit. Literally, the man is he's exceptional. I mean, he's he's the smartest footballer I've ever met. Mm. Um, and then you, you throw in all his other qualities as well, and he, he could almost he could turn his hands to just about anything. Um, I hope that he uh, he stays because, for one thing, he, he talks to to us more than almost <laughs> yeah. any other player. There's probably probably only Bernardo Silva who, who stops to talk to the journalists more. Uh, the only problem is that he his ice baths. He always has an ice bath bath after the game because of his injury history. So he's almost always the last player out the dressing room. He's sort of luxuriating in his ice bath, and uh, it takes forever to come out sometimes. But uh, he. he he generally stops and when he does stop he almost always has something intelligent and, and insightful to say so so we'll miss him badly if he goes as well as, as missing missing what we see of him on the field yeah and I know we, I know there's still an FA Cup final to play this weekend and we're just off the back of a Premier League win but you're looking at these last two scenes for Pep in the Premier League it's 100 points and 90 98 points I think but you're looking at that and you think how can it possibly get better from a Premier League perspective? I mean, what is obviously that objective be to to retain him for the third time in a row next year? But you're just thinking, how can it get better than what it currently is? Well, I asked Kevin De Bruyne exactly that after the game. Mm. I said, how you know, last year under points, and we didn't know how, how you could do it, but you raised the bar this year by getting almost the same, but under under the challenge of Liverpool. How do you raise the bar again next year? And he said, it's not about raising the bar anymore. It's just about being consistent. Mm. 
just about doing it again, doing the same thing. Mm. Uh, and he's got a point. Really. I don't think you can raise the bar from that. Mm. Um, you, you can become continue being consistent in the league and then do something in Europe. That's the only way they can... They can. I know you're saying in the Premier League context, the mm. only way they could raise the bar as a club is to perform again in the league the way they have and then, and then make a bigger impression in Europe. Mm. And... I mean, moving on, I mean, the FA Cup final this weekend, Ty, I mean, mm. looking at the squad selection for that, Ryan Mahrez obviously started against Brighton. Do you imagine he'll, he'll be dropped out or do you think he'll maybe keep his place? I would have thought he'd keep his place. It was one of his best performances in, in a long, long while, really. And, you know, he was, he, he had a decisive contribution and he worked hard and tracked back as well. And you just wonder, uh, I can't imagine that, I think the only way... The only way he doesn't play is if he starts De Bruyne and moves Bernardo out wide and has Bernardo and Sterling on the wings, which is a possibility considering De Bruyne was on the bench and came on. So he might look to to start De Bruyne and that's a possibility where he might start De Bruyne and Bernardo. He's got so many options, but mm. it would be harsh on, on uh, Mares not to start. I would say we're very unlikely to see Sane in his place, it seems to. Yeah. It was a big shock in itself anyway, him starting against Brighton, wasn't it, Stu? I mean... Mm. Took everyone by surprise. It did. Uh, yeah, another. Yeah, another, I'm. I'm about to write a piece about about the number of uh, what looked like crazy Pep Guardiola team selections that, that at the end of the game you end up saying, actually, fair enough. Uh, and this was this was the latest one. You know, I think the, the fans are going nuts. What's up with Sane? What, why is he picked Mares? But you kind of think learn because you've been do- saying that all season whenever he's come up with a left field team selection everyone's gone bananas and then inevitably the guy who he's picked almost always uh, puts in a performance I, I didn't think Mares was great in the game but he came up with an absolutely decisive moment at 2-1 there's always that fear as soon as that third goal went in there was no doubt City just took complete control Brighton's legs went and uh, it was just a case of how many City were going to score and that—that uh, that is that is one thing you, I thought about Mares. I thought he's not had a great season uh, he's got massive belief in himself um, and he will see this as an opportunity to make a statement and he's, he's got so much talent and, and that goal was not a great surprise I mean it was classic Mares, mm. you know a lovely feint from his left foot dragged it onto his right foot and then a fabulous finish uh, and you know he's, he's got that um, possibly more than than most others on, in that City team you know that little bit of individual brilliance um, most of the others are, 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 are fantastic world class team players but he's got that um, and, and with De Bruyne not in the team um, you know sometimes you need somebody like that who can just come up with some conjure something up um, put one in from outside the box uh, in, in a tight game uh, so it, it was a massive surprise that he started uh, but again Pep got it right simple as mm. and I mean FA Cup final this weekend do you do you sense a lot more of a due an FA Cup win for City because I mean it was 2011 last time they won it yeah there was what happened at Wigan last year Um Pep seems Pep and I mean his company as well. I think the other day mentioned how mm. how desperate they were 
to win it. So yeah. you'd imagine that it's, it's right up there in City. I mean, they'll be straight back in the train and right at it again for this weekend. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It is the missing piece for a lot of this squad domestically, the missing piece of the jigsaw. Pep said on Sunday it was you know, his first cup final for a lot of the squad. It's going to be their first cup final. And the, the prize now is... Although the, the quadruple was in their sights, the prize still to win a domestic treble or a domestic quadruple, if you can do the Community Shield, is still a massive one. No one has ever done that before. And although they've won the title by a point, if they end up with a clean sweep of all the trophies, then what a remarkable season that is. Mm-hmm. It. That, you know, it's just absolutely an incredible achievement. So there'll be no taking Watford lightly at all. I think this, this means as much to them as, as winning that title did at the weekend. Yeah, and it's, it's a unique accomplishment in itself, a domestic treble. I mean, if there's any doubts about Liverpool maybe being unlucky, domestic treble completely rules it out because you've got two other competitions beside the Premier League to determine who the best team in England is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if, if the Watford players will be looking at what's going on and thinking it might give them a bit of a chance because, you know, we've all seen the pick. We saw Bernardo Silva swigging from a champagne bottle on the pitch. We've seen David <laughs> Silva having a glass of wine with, with pals and, you know, it had that end of season feel yeah. to it. You know, we, we can let our hair down here now, uh, which is something that City have been absolutely adamant that they weren't going to do. You know, I know Vincent Company was saying that he's been watching the rest of the squad carefully for any signs that there's any let up. You know, anyone's sort of... The only one who, who was really... Um, Perhaps transgressed was Benjamin Mendy, who was was in a nightclub at three o'clock in the morning when he was rehabbing from injury, and uh, he's not been seen much since. So, so you know that that is the kind of focus you need, and then all of a sudden you see players celebrating like that. But I think though, if Watford players are taking some encouragement from that, I think they can forget it because by now it's done, and everybody. Everybody wants to finish the season in a big way, make it three three trophies. Like I say, nobody's done it before. Uh, and once once we've got their heads around that, which will will have been as soon as we've gone back back into training, uh, you know, they're, they're relentless this team. And I, I think that I I mean I I've never never predict a game because you know football football is unpredictable. And Watford, I've got the tools to to cause people problems, but I. I'd be more confident if I was a City fan about winning this game than I would have been for most of the games this season. I just think that the, they've got they've got the bit between the teeth. In a little way, the pressure's off, but but they'll keep the pressure on themselves. You know that 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 pressure comes from within. It comes from your teammates and it comes from your internal drive. And I think that the City will go into that game knowing that if they do everything right, they'll win it. And I think they will do. I do wonder if uh, that Wigan game last year will get a mention in the build-up to it or afterwards, maybe dedicating yeah, it to, <laughs> to the upset last year. Yeah, possibly, possibly. <laughs> it's, um, it's a warning shot for them, isn't it, that they know mm. these things can happen. So, like Stu says, I think there'll be absolutely no no let-up. Having come this far and got this close to the domestic treble, I'd be amazed if this set of players let it slip through their fingers yeah and before we have a little quick break we have our weekly teaser question Yay. which I thought of in the, last, in the last 10 minutes before coming on air which is a decent one actually I think so I think the question is I think we'll be the judge of that yeah. Yeah. we'll see if you get it first <laughs> so the question is City have scored 95 Premier League goals this season can you name all the scorers or 95 no. Premier League goals I'll confidently say no at this point I'll give you a clue before we go to the break it's 15 
15 players yeah so the closer you get to the 15 we'll let you work as a team for it so we'll go to a break and we'll come back with the answers Hello and welcome back to the Talking City podcast. Before we left you for the break, we left you the teaser question of City have scored 95 Premier League goals this season. Can you name all of the scorers? So Stu and Ty are currently writing the answers down. Looks like they've got at least eight or nine. There's a long list. I can't read Stu's writing. <laughs> I like how... That's right. I always put Murich down there on one of them. It's, uh... I like how you start from back to front as well. <laughs> Defence to attack. Best way to do it. I've got 14 there, so... 14? Oh. Uh, at the moment. It's only in the league, isn't it? Do you want to read the 14 out? Right. If I've got one of these wrong, we're stuffed. Um, <laughs> Walker. Danilo. Yep. Laporte. Company. Yep. Zinchenko. Gundogan. Got one wrong there. No Zinchenko. No. No Zinchenko Premier League goals. Oh, it was an FA Cup. It was FA Cup. Yep. Back down to 13. Yeah, looks like you got. Oh, that's a nightmare. Yeah, Gundogan, Fernandinho, Bernardo, David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, Sterling. Yep. Sane, Aguero. Foden, I can't Mares. <laughs> Jesus. I was relying on you for Mares. I can't read your writing. I've just been talking about it. <laughs> Mares and Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. It's 15, isn't it? Yeah. Three. So you want to go through them one more time and slow oh. and slower. Walker. Yep. Danilo. Yep. Laporte. Yep. Company. Yep. Gundogan. Yep. Fernandinho. Yep. Bernardo. Yep. David Silva. Yep. Kevin De Bruyne. Yep. Raheem Sterling. Yep. I thought you were going to say no. <laughs> I mean, there's no way that says Sterling either, Stu. <laughs> Sane. Yep. Aguero. Yep. Foden. Yep. Mares. Yep. Jesus. Spot on. Number 15. Yeah. Great work. That's why that's why we pay the big bucks. Yep. Experts here. Sorry, Experts in Premier League goal scorers. <laughs> nice one. I'll have to come up with something a bit harder, I think, next probably in the next season no, by the time we do it. That sort of level's just fine with us, mate. <laughs> I'll leave that to Rich. Yeah. But I mean, coming on to the second part, Stu, we have there's been recent obviously this top there's been talk about financial fair play and there's been a leaked document that's come out. I think from the New York Times about how the UEFA are going to impose a one season ban from the Champions League on City what's your reaction to it and what do you understand from this well first of all it, it's not saying that they will do it's saying that the investigators involved in it yeah have been pressing for a ban possibly of one season um, now the New York Times cites an unnamed source which they originally said was familiar with the investigation now that's important because I think they've now dropped that from the story because obviously that that sounds very much like it's come from within UEFA and from within the investigation. Um, so what they're basically saying is that the people who are investigating it think there's a case, a strong case, and that uh, City should be banned from Europe if it, it will now go to an adjudicatory committee who'll decide what will happen. And they're saying the investigators are saying that the adjudicator committee should ban City from Europe if they find them guilty uh, from the evidence that's been provided. Now, City's reaction, uh, I got a statement from them this morning, um, 
quite understandably, actually, is, well, hold on a minute, UEFA said in March that while the investigation, uh, which is into financial fair play, while the investigation is ongoing, UEFA will not comment any further. And now it seems that somebody within UEFA is talking to the New York Times and, and telling them this is what we want, which puts a little bit of pressure and it puts a little bit of bias on the on, on the case. Uh, so City are furious about that, understandably, you know. Mm. They're saying, well, we, we, all we want is a fair hearing. We've done nothing wrong. They said that we've got we've given them comprehensive proof that we've done absolutely nothing wrong um, and that the allegations are false. Um, but we're now hearing that there's somebody, that either somebody is talking to the media from within, you know, that's very close to the investigation, i.e. within UEFA, uh, or, or somebody mis- misrepresenting what's going on. You know, the, either way, there's something malicious going on uh, and they're saying it's prejudicial to the case. Now, I'm pretty sure that if City do end up getting punished for this, they will fight it. They will take it to the court for arbitration for sport. Mm. Um, and they will, they will mount quite a strong legal challenge and part of that legal challenge will now be well we didn't get a fair hearing people from within it or people close to it were leaking stuff to the media during this process we we weren't given a fair fair due process um, and they've got a fair point in that you know so the answer is we, we don't really know whether City will get done for it but we do know that they've got a strong case to say that the, the the whole thing hasn't been fair. Yeah, I think what City fans as well want to know, would that impact Pep Guardiola's future at City in any way? I mean, I know he's been asked and he said he trusts the club in all the dealings and he's obviously left it to them, but saying, let's say if that ban was put in place, there was a one-year ban from the Champions League, would that affect, his, would that affect him, do you think, with that? I, I, guess, I guess it's only Pep can answer that and I suspect he hasn't given it a lot of thought anyway but I don't know really I mean I know, every City fan I know says alright with the balance from the Champions League great we'll we'll get 108 points in the uh, <laughs> in, in the Premier League and, and smash everybody again you know because without without the distraction of Europe you, you kind of think City would be pretty devastating in domestically um, if it was a one season Champions League ban you kind of think I can't imagine Pep throwing his toys out the pram and storming off um, it wouldn't look very good on him um, but only Pep knows that I guess you know I'd be very surprised if he did if he walked away simply because of that it would be it'd be a little bit petulant especially given you know given the fact that it will it will probably end up in a legal challenge that could go on for some time yeah well, that's it I would say part of that probably depends on exactly when this if a ban is handed down it's certain, I mean a couple of these stories have suggested it might be next season there's not a chance it's going to be next season because mm-hmm. they'll fight it and the, the qualifiers start in a few weeks time yeah. or a month time or so so there's absolutely no way it's going to be for next season it's at the earliest if they bring it in it'll be the season after that and like we say given the potential legal challenges who knows so a lot of it probably depends on what we don't know is how long Pep intends to stay mm-hmm. at City and I would say he probably doesn't know himself at the moment he's you know he did four years at Barca three years at Bayern this is his fourth year at City he seems a lot more I mean happy is not the right word he was happy at both of those clubs but it doesn't seem to have taken as much out of him here as it did in those previous jobs I think he's perhaps got better at, at managing the 
emotion and the stress that it, it puts on him and you don't get the impression that he's approaching the end game or anywhere near the end game at City at the moment and his contract's got another two years to run mm. but at the same time it, it, he's the type of person where these things he's so incredibly intense in his working life that you imagine these things can catch up with him quite quickly and if it reaches the point where he's considering well maybe I need to have a sabbatical and this happens then perhaps in if it's two years down the line perhaps he thinks now's a good time to to go but like I said we're dealing with so many ifs and buts there on whether there is a ban how long a legal challenge goes on and also how, how Pep is feeling because like I say at the moment there's there's no sign that he thinks this is anywhere near an end game at sea yeah also killed the hopes and dreams of any United or Arsenal fan who maybe thought the Champions League players would be handed down yeah I think you have, yeah, you have, you know, have to find other means I think to, yeah. uh, to rely on Thursday nights they have to they have to earn the right yeah yeah so um, so I mean moving on I kind of want to end the podcast on almost like a player moments that kind of thing of the season so I mean we'll start we'll get a personal moment of the season from both of you but we'll get used to work together to answer these three questions so I want to start on this the player of the season what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want... is it mystery guest it's is not that, that door <laughs> hey pal <how> are you? <laughs> but I want, I want to get a player of the season from both of you I know this, there was a talk between Bernardo and Sterling and Pep said Bernardo but we'll get you two to work out who you two believe is City's player of the season I'll let Ty go first as long as he doesn't steal mine because he knows I feel like this might be an easy one well if Stu might go left field then with this one I mean I agree with Pep that I think it it has been in purely footballing terms Bernardo I think he's been absolutely brilliant he's become the beating heart of that team and his rise I mean he was involved a lot last season I think he was involved in 35 38 league games last year but only 15 of them were starts but now you just can't imagine this team without him you know whether it's on the right wing or in central midfield it's Bernardo and 10 others and Pepper said that on a couple of occasions and yeah, 12 months ago you would never have envisaged a scenario where, where Pep was saying that so for me it's uh, as low that I am to go with the obvious choice and agree with the manager I think it has been Bernardo mm. Stu? Uh, I wouldn't massively disagree with that um, and I, th- I think there are other names that if, you know anybody who said Sterling anyone who said Aguero or even who said Fernandinho, possibly, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put up an argument because the, you could make a strong the, the, case for like five, you, six, seven you, words. You yeah, could, yeah. but I'm looking at where City have improved. I don't think they've improved in an attacking sense, even though Bernardo has given them another dimension. But they've improved defensively, and I think that Emmerich Laporte is the man. Principally, that comes down to when you look at it all season. Um, last season, it was a four-way fight for two places at centre back. This season, it's been a three-way fight as to who partners Laporte. He's been he's been first name maybe Bernardo as Ty says, but I think Laporte has also been joint first name on the team sheet because he's uh, he's just been exceptional. His, his defender's been top class. Um, those passes, the, you know, he, he rakes balls out to the right wing 
become a common sight. He just smashes these balls to Bernardo, who takes them instantly under control, and you switch the point of the attack instantly. And he, so many goals and so many big moments for City have come from that. Uh, but he also plays them down the channel for Sterling and Zinchenko. You know these these beautiful. Uh, passes that, that any any creative midfielder would be proud of um, and he scored he scored goals including the one at Brighton which which put City ahead a crucial goal um, you know he's, he's got two or three others that have, that have been in, important as well the, the equaliser at Wolves is the one that springs to mind um, and at Everton as well which was a tough game so all those things, you know, he's, he's been a superb defender. In fact, in fact, the only bad game I can remember him having was Tottenham in the Champions League at home where his two make mistakes mm. gave Son the two goals that ultimately cost City. Um, I, I, apart from that, I think defensively he's been outstanding. And everyone has said all season how good Liverpool's defence is. I think in terms of the attack, there's not a lot to choose between City and Liverpool. They're both brilliant going forward. In terms of defence, Liverpool have probably had the edge, and if anything, that was going to win them the title. But Laporte is, as you know, in the PFA Team of the Year, he's the one who sneaked in amongst three Liverpool defenders, um, and I think that that has been crucial. The way the way he's he's sort of improved the defence has been crucial to what City have done this year. Yeah, might answer my next question, but the next question would have been most improved player of the season. I'm guessing you're going to give that to Laporte. Well, I'll go for Bernardo and then let Ty go for Laporte. I'll go for Laporte, yeah. Laporte. I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be between <laughs> those two, hasn't it? It's got to be between those two. Well, mm. I, mean, I mean, a nod, a notable nod to Zinchenko. Yes, I was going yeah. to say Zinchenko as well. To, to play out of position. Yeah. Mm. I mean, at times I thought he was a car crash waiting to happen last season when he played at left back. Uh, because he, you know, he looked he looked great going forward. Because playing playing in that position for City, you spend most of your time in the opposition half anyway. So he was in familiar territory because he, you know, he's usually a left sided midfielder, attacking midfielder. Um, but you thought last season when he defended, at times you had to you were watching it through your fingers. Um, but I think he's improved to the extent. I was talking to uh, Paul Lake, you know, who's obviously a City legend, and, and he said that he thinks that uh, Zinchenko is is as good, if not better, than Mendy defensively. I mean, there's question marks over Mendy defensively, mm-hmm. and he, he thinks that he's improved that much that defensively he's he's as good as as Mendy at least. Uh, he also made made quite a nice point. I mean, he uh, Lakey spends quite a bit of time at City. He works for the Premier League, so he'll see a little bit of behind the scenes in training. And he said that when you see them doing the rondos in training, which are obviously a big part, the uh, like the keep ball stuff. Um, he, he said that you'd be surprised. He said you, the people you'd expect to be really good at them are Bernardo <laughs> Silva, brilliant touch, you know, sharp as anything. David Silva, we've seen him doing it for years and years. But he said Zinchenko is the one who he's up there with them, <laughs> you know, in terms of his touch and, and the sharpness of his passing and the, in the rondos. So you know, he, he he's just he's superb. Go, he's been superb going forward. He's improved massively defensively, and he's arguably City's first choice left back now, which is incredible. You consider that he'd, he'd never played there until last season. Yeah. And the next one, bit more, bit more of a negative one, but the disappointment of the season. I'll start start with you, Ty. Um, 
I think the food at Burnley, personally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not a journalistic point of view, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. um, you probably have to go with Mendy, I think. Although he started very brightly, but he's barely been seen since that injury. He's he's clearly pushed pushing Pep very close to his limit if not beyond his limit with some of his off-field behaviour there was coming back late for the rehab session after the Joshua fight his recent late night nightclub visit you know you just sense that Pep is very close to the end of his tether with him would, and I think sorry I was going to ask would you be surprised would you be surprised to see him there next season I think he'll still be there next season I'd be yeah. surprised if they got rid of him certainly if I mean the suggestion has been that they're not targeting a left back now this summer so I can't see any way he leaves and they only go on with Zinchenko and potentially Delph. I think Delph's far more likely to go. Um, so I think he'll still be there next year. And I'm not sure at the moment who would take him on, to be honest, considering he's played so little football in the last two years and, and had so many injury problems. But you sense it's a big a big summer for him and a big start to next season for him and he needs to kind of show Guardiola that he's learnt from his misdemeanours. Um, beyond that, I don't know. Jesus, maybe? He's not... Are you just going to use them all up before he gets to me? Sorry, go on, I'll, I'll let you... But bear in mind, it can be a game as well. It can be a fixture. It can be any... It can be any moment from the season. Oh, right. I thought you meant play-wise. Yeah, it can oh, be. Right. Um, <laughs> Stu, I'll, I'll let you... Go on, Stu, go. I'll let you... Well, I, get, I mean, hmm. player-wise, I would have said, going up until Sunday, probably Maris. He's talking about a club record mm. by mm. who couldn't... Who, who hasn't really pinned down a first-team place. But I... That's harsh in itself because I think I mean Pep, Pep said himself he's he's been very unlucky because he said if he got like six or seven games on the bounce he'd be at the same level as the rest of them he you know he needs to play he's one of those players he's got to play and play regularly because he it, Leicester he was playing week in week out you know there was there was nobody nobody close but he's just been so unlucky that. He's trying to dislodge Bernardo, who's you know many people's player of the season. He's been trying to dislodge Sterling, who a lot of other people would think is player of the season. Um, and there's also Sane as well. Sane's had, I know he's he's had a problem this season. He's a he's a um, a possible for disappointment mm. of the season because yeah. mm. he was so good last season. Um, so he's had he's had three of the best players at City in his way, uh, and he. He just can't, he just couldn't get them out of the way. Uh, Pep, Pep saying what he said that he, he needs time. He, he, you kind of need a little bit of luck. I mean, Gundogan got it in terms of the Fernandino injury, and Gundogan's been an important player for City at the, the end of the season. He wasn't. He wasn't. He was always the first one out of the team when everyone was fit. Um, you sometimes need that little bit of somebody else to have bad luck. And he hasn't because Bernardo's been there every game. Raheem Sterling's been there every game. Sane's been fit for just about every game. So in that, he's just had to wait and wait and wait. Uh, and I was pleased for, for Mares because I've always liked him. I, I thought he was a great player at Leicester. Um, and I was really looking forward to seeing him. Uh, so not to see an awful lot of him and only to see glimpses of the ability he's got uh, been a little bit disappointing but it was great to see him put that one in the net and you just hope that's a turning point for him yeah. but again he's if, if Bernardo and Sterling are fit come next season mm. it's a huge ask to get into that team is a huge ask yeah. 
But of course, I mean, you've got, there'll be a plenty of games for him to, he will have his, you, you get the sense he will have his chance next year to show yeah. what he's done at Leicester. Yeah, and I think when we do judge him on being a record signing, and he is City's record signing, um, but it, I don't think he was necessarily signed to be a first team regular and one of the most important players. And as bizarre as that sounds, if you were ranking City's players of who should be record signing, say, which is a stupid thing to do, but I've just made it up, so we'll do it, then he wouldn't be at the top of it. He is not City's most important player. He wasn't signed to be City's most important player. It was a record signing because they've done so much good business. I mean, it's amazing their record signing is only 60 million, Mm. really. Um, But he's not, I don't think he was ever signed as he's going to walk into the team and knock. I mean, the the issue he's got is with Bernardo the fact that Bernardo's come and played on the right so much this season where Mara's made that position his own at Leicester so like she says he has been unlucky at there but I don't think there was ever any expectation he'd take Sterling's place and I think him and Pep probably thought him and Sane would be competing for for a place yeah times this season both of them have disappointed really yeah and the final one you'll be both pleased to know moment of the season and by moment I mean times when you're in the press box and you kind of almost had hands on your head like that Pep Guardiola gif when he was at Bayern that kind of thing I'll uh, start with you whichever whoever wants to go first Go on, you can go first I'm glad I'm glad you said that because you <laughs> might pick the same one again um, it's got to be Vincent Company's goal I thought so it's got to be I mean what a moment um, you know we, we always talk about maintaining neutrality in the press box um, but there are times when you see something like that they were doing so everybody was exclaiming out loud you know with various uh, <laughs> uh, swear words and uh, <laughs> and religious utterings um, just incredible I mean it, what made it even more amazing was the fact that there was the, this tension descending on the on the on the ground you know there was 20 minutes left and it started to feel bad you got that feeling that this is this is going to go wrong here it's not they're not going to make the breakthrough and it was almost I think I described it in a previous podcast it almost felt like there was an ice curtain coming down over the stadium you know and then the company just hit that one and it, it just smashed it it just smashed the tension and the place went absolutely nuts I mean I've, I've never seen I've not seen the stadium go like that for a long probably the Guerrero moment was the last time that I saw them go. Saw them go as crazy as that. So it was just, it was just astonishing. The fact that it was, it was company. It was the fact that he struck it the way he did. Um, uh, you know, he's he's always, he's always been a great story, Vincent Company. But to do that, and then in what could be his final season, you know, in, in the title running, was just astonishing. Mm. Ty. Uh, well, I mean, I think that's the right answer, isn't it? But I will go with something slightly different. I'll go mm. with Bernardo's goal at Old Trafford. Mm. I think that was, I think that was the game the players feared most in the running. I think running, I think that was the one that they really thought if any game was going to trip them up, it was going to be that one. Obviously, it was a United side who were terribly out of form, but it was still a derby at Old Trafford and it's never easy to go and win a derby at, at Old Trafford so I think that was the game that there was real tension around and although there became tension around the Burnley game and around the Leicester game because they left it late to get a breakthrough I think it was the United game that they really thought was the one that was likely to to slip them up and at the time when Bernardo broke that deadlock I think that was the moment they mm. all thought we're, we're there we're, all, we're on the hill yeah, we're almost over the line like I said the later games did become dramatic because it took so long to get the breakthrough 
But at that moment when Bernardo scored, I think they all thought, we're, we're there, we've got one hand on the trophy now. Yeah. I'd only mention for Leroy Sane's got winner against Liverpool yeah. as well. Because, mm. you know, the, the whole season pivoted on that moment, really. If Liverpool win, they go 10 points clear. If they draw, they stay seven points clear. But that goal meant it went to four. And that gave City the belief to, to go on and, and do what they did. So that's a, you know, we talked about Sane not not having as good a season, but that goal was was a huge contribution. Yeah. And also an honourable mention for that John Stones clearance. Well, yeah, in the first half, well, 11 millimetres, un- yeah. Unbeaten yeah. season, 100 points, so many different things that could have changed if that went Sliding in. Sliding doors moment. <laughs> it was. But that's just about all we have time for, I think, today. Thank you, Ty. Thank you, Stu. I think we'll be back next week just after the cup final. So until then, if you haven't already, please subscribe on Aircast, iTunes, or whichever other platform you listen to us on. And we'll see you then.